Let us now discuss the most infamous commandment in the whole Ten Commandments, which is also the most misunderstood and misapplied in spiritual application. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Question. How important are the Ten Commandments of God to mankind? The Ten Commandments are enshrined in two tables of stone written with the finger of God. In Exodus 31 verse 18, and I quote, And he gave unto Moses two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. Is the sixth commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery, what is the penalty for its violation? As it is written, it is death to the adulterer and adulteress. Leviticus 20 verse 10 And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even he that committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. How did the religious leaders during the time of Christ follow this sixth commandment of God? They must have been following this commandment to the letter as related in this incident in John chapter 8 beginning in verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto Jesus a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? How did our Lord respond to the question of the scribes and the Pharisees? This is the response of Jesus Christ. In verse 6 of John chapter 8, Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And again he stooped down in verse 8 and wrote on the ground. How did Jesus Christ react to the persistence of the scribes and Pharisees, the accusers of the woman? In John chapter 8 verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Are not all readers of the Bible perceived that Jesus Christ subverted or weakened the penalty for the sin of adultery? What is the result? In verse 9 of John chapter 8, and I caught, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning to the eldest even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Is not this act of Jesus Christ in the eyes of the religious leaders then and now violated the laws in the Old Testament? Indeed, the Jews reacted and they crucified Jesus Christ on the cross for in their eyes, he violated the commandments of God. How do religious leaders today, the cardinals, the bishops, the priests, pastors and ministers, perceive the act of Jesus Christ? This is what we hear from the pulpits and read from the writings of the theologians of the Bible scholars nowadays. God in the Old Testament is very strict in enforcing the laws. However, Jesus Christ came to preach the gospel of love. How did Jesus show this for all to believe and do? 
we can find in John chapter 8 verse 10 when Jesus had lifted up himself and so none but the woman he said unto her woman where are those thine accusers hath no man condemned thee and in verse 11 Jesus said no man as he said no man Lord and Jesus said unto her neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more were the Jews correct in perceiving Jesus Christ destroyed the law are not almost all people today perceived that God in the Old Testament was very strict and Jesus Christ came to preach love? Both Jews and nearly all people today are wrong because they cannot discern what Jesus Christ was writing with his finger on the ground. Who can reveal what Jesus Christ wrote on the ground, which is in the basis for people's misconception of the sin of adultery? No one but Jesus Christ, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, as revealed in the following. In Revelation chapter 5, let us begin in verse 1. And I quote, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither to look thereon. And in verse 5, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David? Everybody believing in the Holy Bible know he is Jesus Christ. Are the people believing Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David? <coughs> Humble enough to admit that they have not truly identified him? Sad to state, the least to admit not knowing Jesus Christ are the theologians, Bible scholars, professing apostles, prophets, evangelists, priests, pastors, and teachers of the Holy Bible. Who then are bestowed to know what Jesus Christ wrote on the ground in the presence of the scribes and Pharisees? It is written, it is revealed, only the true disciples of Jesus Christ. As per written in Colossians chapter 1 verse 26, and I quote, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his servants or to his saints. May this great revelation convince religious leaders and their followers accept that indeed, God's word are in parables. Our Lord is speaking in tongues. What is the message of Jesus Christ writing on the ground with his finger? Now let us remember God wrote the Ten Commandments also with his finger. As we can see in Exodus 31 verse 18. Therefore, Jesus must have emphasized this very sixth commandment to the scribes and Pharisees that he did not destroy this law. Well, what is the significance of the second writing of Jesus on the ground? 
This must be the basis of Jesus saying, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. But this must be different from what religious leaders think and their followers. Did Jesus really improve the law in the Old Testament to make it appear that he preached love? Jesus is steadfast saying in Matthew 5.17, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Who had the intended message of the sin of adultery if Jesus Christ did not destroy this law or commandment? Because of spiritual humility, we, the chosen few of God, know the spiritual message. In 2 Timothy 3.15, we can read, and I quote, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. What then is spiritual adultery? Spiritually, God is the spiritual male, and all people are women, both physical male and female. Therefore, God does not recognize physical gender. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, very clear it says there, that, I quote, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. What is the purpose of God in creating all people as spiritual female or women? Let us remember, God is establishing His eternal kingdom on the basis of this spiritual relationship. God as the husband and His chosen will be His wife in eternity. According to Isaiah, chapter 54 verse 5 and I quote for thy maker is thine husband the Lord of hosts is his name and thy redeemer the Holy One of Israel and also in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14 and I quote turn O backsliding children saith the Lord for I am married unto you in the spiritual relationship between God and his chosen what are his seeds that they bring forth fruit the seeds of God are His words in Luke chapter 8, verse 11. These are His intended message from the letter or His spiritual word. Was it easy for God to establish His eternal kingdom? It is difficult because God allowed Lucifer, who because of pride turned himself into Satan in Revelation 12, verse 9. And I quote, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And also in 2 Corinthians 11.14, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. What happened after all these events or truth is revealed? Satan counterfeited God in his role, turning himself as spiritual male also. In the Garden of Eden, in the form of a serpent, Satan enticed Eve to commit spiritual adultery with him. If Satan is the rival of God, for now he is a spiritual male, what is his seeds that he implants to people in committing spiritual adultery? The seeds of Satan are the very words of God. 
This was demonstrated when Jesus, in His role as Son of God, role model of the Chosen, fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. We can find that in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 5. And I quote, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. In verse 6, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dost thy foot against a stone. Let us look how Satan used the very words of God as his seed or seeds. You can find that in Psalms 91 verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And also in verse 12, they shall bear thee up in, in their hands lest thou dost thy foot against a stone. Have we noticed how Satan truly is deceptive? using the very words of God as his seeds that he plants to the people? This must be God's great revelation that specifies the qualification of New Testament ministers, as written in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 6, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Very clear from the foregoing, the word of God in the Holy Bible became common seeds of God and Satan. For Satan, it is the letter or the literal meaning of the word. But for God, it is the intended meaning or the spiritual word. Let us remember when Jesus told his listeners, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews taking temple literally. It is written in John 2 verse 20. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? And also in Matthew 27 verse 39, and I quote, And they that passed by reviled him, waging their heads, saying, Thou that destroys the temple, and buildest it in three days, say thyself, If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. The disciples taking temple spiritually, in John chapter 2 verse 21, but he spake of the temple of his body. And also in verse 22, When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. How then did the forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil cause spiritual adultery of Eve that actually represents all people? Genesis 2.17 But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. What is the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Since God is speaking in parables, this tree represents the soul whose attributes are the intellect and feeling. God endowed man with intelligence to sustain his physical life in economics, science, and politics. That is why Adam, by giving names to animals, did not disobey God. As it is written in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, and I quote, And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. In what manner did God forbid Adam and Eve 
to eat the fruits of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or to use the intellect and feeling. It is in the use of intellect and feeling in spiritual matters that God forbids. For the intellect, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. For feeling or emotion, says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Also in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, and I quote, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers. Why does God forbid man to use his intellect and feeling? Definitely, with human wisdom that man cannot help but formulates own standard of good and evil. And this is apart from the standard of God. I will repeat, apart from the standard of God. Paul, who recognized Jesus Christ, personally testifies in Romans chapter 10 verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a seal of God, but not according to knowledge. Romans chapter 10 verse 3, And I quote, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. With the use of the intellect and feeling, will many people believe and accept the following? Romans chapter 3 verse 10, as it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. And in the succeeding verses, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all witnesses to how people reject the foregoing rebuke by formulating different religions. And in Christianity, the formation different sects and denominations and each claims the truth. With these great revelations regarding man after the fall, how does God reveal the relationship of Satan with the people? All people are committing spiritual adultery. Jesus Christ rebuked the Jews, but they did not mind for not understanding what he was saying. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, He, Jesus, said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And in Matthew chapter 16 verse 4, I quote, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Is the penalty of death imposed to the adulterer and adulteress? as the commandment requires? God is always true to His words. It is not how man understands it, but by His divine revelation. And so, here is the penalty for those that are not worthy to be with God in His eternal kingdom. All people 
including Satan. In Revelation chapter 20 verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If the Jews during the time of Christ did not mind, and people today are not aware of being adulterous, who alone benefited from his rebuke? We all know, only the disciples humbled themselves, and today only a few truly identified God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, people are classified as sheep and goats. In John chapter 10 verse 14, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And in verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. If spiritual adultery is equated with spiritual pride, who alone can identify themselves with what Jesus Christ told the religious leaders? Jesus Christ emphatically stated in John chapter 10 verse 14 that only his few disciples recognized him. Further stating as if persuading his listeners to look at his disciples, in John chapter 10 verse 4, I quote, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In the eyes of God, therefore, people are only classified into sheep for his chosen. Those who are not worthy to be with God in his eternal kingdom as goats. In Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, I will quote, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. And as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. You curse into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. In Psalms chapter 56 verse 10, In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Verse 11, I quote, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Praise be to God.